my body is ready. All of this just works. It just works. Who's laughing now? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 84, the massively multiplayer episode of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Good Night Groofs. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Josh and Paul. It's a little, little threesome today. A little threesome. Oh, excuse yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. No Mike. He's sick, unfortunately. He's dealing with the flu, but hopefully he'll be back next week. But guys, let's move right into things. Instead of asking you guys for your peak of the week, I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week has been. That's P-E-E-K of the week. You tricked me. I tricked you. Josh. What's the best thing you saw this week? Uh, for me, it's got to be The Last of Us Episode 2. I loved it. I, I was such a hater. I was such a Last of Us. <laughs> I was so ready to shit all over it. And God damn it, it sucked me in. There was a particular shot in The Last of Us Episode 2 that so beautifully mirrored the game and just paid such respect to what it was taking from that I was just like taken away. I fucking loved it. So I was going to mention this later, but... We're recording this episode really early this week. So we're actually recording it a week before it comes out. So actually, Josh is talking about Last of Us Episode 2. This episode of the podcast is going to release the same day Episode 4 comes out. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're really early this time. But yeah, Episode 2, fantastic episode. Paul, what's the best thing that you saw this week? Yeah, well, hopefully um, for next week, it'll be The Last of Us because I'm about to start watching it today um, nice. because I know episode three is going to hit and everyone's hyping it. So I figure I might as well watch one, two, three. Uh, well, it's not too late to get too caught up. So um, it's never too late, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't want it to be like a big backlog. I'll never get to it. But um, that being said, haven't watched it yet. So probably the best thing I've seen this week has been Toussaint. Yeah. In Witcher 3, Blood and Wine, finally getting there, finally running around. Uh, Goddamn, to quote Josh, this place is nuts. Like, I swear, uh, you know, there's places I like more uh, in Witcher 3. You know, I like, I love Skellige uh, so much. And, uh, you know, even Novigrad is like a more alive feeling city. But man, the way they like painted Toussaint and uh, just the, there's so much stuff. It feels like a new yeah, game. It's huge. And I'm loving the main storyline. But at the same time, too, I keep having to go like, no, stop. You have like 10 side quests that all <laughs> seem like really engrossing. And like, I don't know what it is. But like when I played Hearts of Stone, I, it felt like there was like two side quests and like one yeah. main quest. And this is like a whole new area. This is nuts. So it's like a sequel almost to the game. It really is. So <laughs> it's a little overwhelming, but yeah, I will say peak of the week for sure for me, P E E K P E E K. Uh, Cause it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, as w even though it's not my like preferred sites, uh, I can't help it being like, okay, time to book a trip to Europe. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Does Europe look this good in real life? Probably not, but I can't help it. It's too beautiful. Paul, is it true that, in Canada, The Last of Us is on something called Crave. Yeah, so um, we have weird rights things. One of the one of them is that uh, Disney, like Disney Plus, we never had Hulu, right? Because Fox had a deal with with ABC. It was a whole thing, so we never had Hulu, um, and it kind of fucked our shit up. But now that Disney owns all of it, 
instead of having Disney Plus and like Hulu as like a bundle or something, we just have Disney Plus and it's and it's got everything that would be on Hulu is called Star, which is really oh. weird. And it's bundled with Disney Plus automatically here. Um, it's it kind of part of Disney Plus. Very strange. So you'll go to Disney Plus and you'll see like uh, really raunchy shit. And you'll be like, why is this on <laughs> Disney? Um, so that's kind of weird. There's some like really dark movies on there and it's like, what the f it's like zero dark 30 or something. You'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is on Disney. And then, uh, but yeah, and then as well, HBO, I don't know what it is, but like one of our major telecom providers, which have a huge oligopoly here, Bell, um, they have this streaming service called Crave and I guess they got the rights to HBO shit before HBO Max and like Go and all that stuff started a couple of years ago. Oh. And so now... Um, HBO, I think like can't really launch like HBO max here because of the rights yeah. issues. So now everything is on crave and then you have to like pay 10 or 20 bucks, 10 bucks for crave. But then if you have it with your cable provider, which we have to have because of like family things, then we have like 20 bucks extra a month for crave. And then it's all this, yeah. it, it's because it includes the movies bundle. It's horrible. But anyway, yeah, it's on crave, which is pretty funny. It's like when Disney had to wait for all of their things to come off Netflix before they could add them to Disney Plus. Yeah, like all the like that was the thing with those Sony Spider-Man things too. They they were all like on Netflix and then they wanted to try to get them on on Disney. Um do you guys remember the Disney Vault where Disney would vault the movies? Yeah, it never like really you could always still find stuff I online. I thought so though. too. Yeah. Well, online, but I mean before online. Like when you were like a little kid, I remember being like, "Oh, I want to watch this movie." And my mom yeah. would be like, "We can't get that." Like, but then there was like movie rental places. Yeah, because I remember this is like 10 years ago almost. I was trying to buy Aladdin on DVD for Naturally. for my wife because it's her favorite. It's her favorite movie. It's the and best one. I was thinking it was going to be difficult because of like the vault or whatever, but I just bought it online like on Amazon. Yeah, I think it was more of like an 80s, 90s thing when like home video first came out and they're like, how can we fuck people over the most? Yeah, strange. Uh, funny though, because my peak... There's also it's from Disney Plus. It's the right. Light and Magic documentary yes. on Disney Plus. It's so it's a documentary. It's about Industrial Light and Magic, which is the special effects outlet that George Lucas founded. Which for some reason I didn't realize. Like I guess I really? knew they were closely associated, but I didn't know that he actually founded it specifically for the first Star Wars movie. I was gonna say I'm sure you know now because you watched that whole doc. Yeah. But it's like the, the whole thing is almost like Star Wars was almost like a, a show off for how cool the effects were and then more than the other way around, I feel like. Right. Cause it was he was trying to do things that like literally didn't exist. So they had to create a company to do that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. There are six episodes. I've watched the first three so far and the the first three cover the formation of the company and then them doing the first two Star Wars movies and then I, it seems like the last three episodes are going to more broadly cover their work since then but it's it's really good I they haven't shown they they'll show like a bunch of clips like when they're doing like montage stuff they haven't shown anything from the Warcraft movie which is mm. disappointing because I, I'm pretty sure ILM worked on the Warcraft movie and came up with new tech for did they really the orcs for like rendering them in CG in real time so so Duncan Jones could like look through a camera and direct them as if they were already orcs. That's actually insane. How is that not mentioned? That's so cool. I had no clue that happened. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, the orcs looked insane. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I haven't seen. There's been like very brief glimpses of stuff from The Hobbit, which is weird because they're not showing stuff from like Lord of the Rings, but they're showing stuff from uh, other Those like eagles. non non Disney movies. So I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, really good documentary. Let's move on to show me your trends. 
can show me a trend. Quick interruption here, oh, just to oh, say, oh. ILM <clears throat> not involved in the Warcraft movie. Uh, not a production company that was involved. Really? Yeah. Who was it then? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, Legendary Pictures produced it, obviously. Um, Tencent was involved, Alice Entertainment. But yeah, there's no mention on Wiki anywhere of like uh, Industrial Light and Magic anywhere. All right, I'm looking it up because I'm pretty sure... It could be. I just I feel like we need to sort this out. I'm very curious now. So of, yeah, if if you go to if you if you type in Warcraft movie ILM, ILM has a portion of their website dedicated to Warcraft. Oh. Okay. So maybe it's like, you know what it probably was is that they produced like some kind of technology like you were saying, and then it was like licensed out by these companies that were actually making the movie. Could be, yeah, could be. Anyway, I remember hearing about it at the time and it was super impressive. All right, so in Show Me Your Trends, I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase. They have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode to get the pierced answers possible. We're going to play three quick rounds. All right, round one. Why am I happy when blank? Why am I happy when others are sad? Why am I happy when I drink? Or why am I happy when it rains. Ooh, that's such a good question. I, I don't even want to. I just like it. So I'm going to just mm -hmm. say it rains. I don't know why. That just that resonates. Yeah. The drinking one just makes me feel bad. But yeah, I'm going to say, why am I happy when others are sad? I think because I think the other ones make sense. You could say like, oh, I'm po like, it's a positive thing. Rain is like helping the flowers and drinking. I understand like because it, it you know, but this one, I'm like, you may be like, am I a sociopath? The answer is, why am I happy when? It rains. It yeah. rains. I've done a lot of Googling lately. That's why. I was going to say, you love the rain. <laughs> the rain is goaded. It's, it's like the best thing ever. I hate it. I will literally watch like walkthroughs of like Tokyo or mm -hmm. like London where it, when it's raining, like just hour long videos. I love it on a video. Um, but when it's outside my window during like my entire workday, oof, oof, big, big oof. Blasphemy. Yeah. Round two. Why does it stink when blank? Why does it stink when I cut my toenails? Ooh. Why does it stink when I burp? Or why does it stink when I floss? Cut oh. your toenails, my brother in Christ. You have toe fungus. What the fuck? No, it smells when you cut your toenails. There is a really weird smell when you cut your toenails. You get like Dorito feet. Dorito feet. Like corn chip feet, like yeah, like a dog, right? like a do like a dog with their paws. Hundred percent. There's a bit of a corn chip smell when you're grabbing your feet, and after you, you know, it's one of those things. You know, you wash your hands. I found more as an adult when I washed my hands, I can get most things off. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, you know, I I'm worried the smell will get on my hands, but now I'm like, oh, whatever. But when I cut my toenails, grabbing those those mitts, and I wash my hands, they still smell salty after. <laughs> I, I agree, dude. I, I don't right? get it. I don't understand. It's the only thing, right? Are you are you agreeing with me or Josh? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't get I don't understand like is there a bunch of like shit that's getting trapped under those grippers? I think it's or? sweaty feet and like it's just like deep in there. Yeah. I am going to trim my toenails after this and then report back. Please what do. The fuck. Make sure you get a big whiff of those bad boys. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. store them, and over time, I'm gonna use it as a control as well. Perfect. <laughs> um, so I'm going with that because I'm I, me too. Really Fuck curious. It. Lock me in. The answer is why does it stink when I floss? That well, Ooh. that one's easy. You have old, undigested food in your teeth. Uh, that's charming. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Round three. 
why does it hurt when blank? Why does it hurt when IP? Why does it hurt when I get a tattoo? Why does it hurt when I stub my toe? These well, two of them are obvious. What? I'm going to go with P because I yeah. feel like you're really in dire straits. 100%. The other two, you're just, just regular nerve impulse. <laughs> the answer is, why does it hurt when I pee? I pee. Why does it hurt when you jab me with a buzzing needle? <laughs> why does that? Why does that hurt? Why does it hurt when you take an axe to my yeah. face? Yeah, <laughs> I get that it's sharp, but like, I don't, but I don't come really on. understand. It really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, none of us have tattoos, right, Josh? You are soon. Yeah, I'm soon in February. Yeah, I'm considering it, but I don't have any like plans, firm plans. Yeah, I, if if you don't have any firm plans, then. I would avoid that. Let me just whoa. <laughs> no, well, you know what? Like, don't Father go in. Matt. Don't go into it half-heartedly. Is what no, I'm, I'm not. But I, that's why. I'm, that's why I've waited. But I, I think. I think I'm one of those people that by the end of my life, I'll have something on there. But I just don't know when. That was the case for me. I waited so long. I was just like, you know what? I have waited and thought about this to this point. Fuck it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I actually discussed this. This is weird. I discussed this with my wife last night. I was like, what do you think about? me doing just like a wedding ring tattoo i think it's like the only thing i would ever oh, get yeah, but I was, cool. I was like is it is it tacky is it not i don't i don't know but she's like nah just put on your your wedding ring. yeah it sounds, <laughs> it sounds extremely painful too yeah i've heard that's a painful area the finger bones i was gonna say i was thinking like a dog that passed away i get like a little art you know that might be oh fun, yeah that's you know? nice yeah. just like a little thing you know there's very few things in my life where i've been like that's the thing i'm always like i'm one of those people i'm like i want to well like a lot of people right i'm like i want to get something meaningful right and right. so, like, nothing has hit me so far but, but the dog. So maybe. All right. Well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. My dad died, like, two weeks ago. But Let's like, go on. No, to I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but the dog wins out. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the big question. The MMO genre features the most difficult types of games for developers to create. No other genre requires more moving parts than MMOs. It's often said that MMOs are just every genre of games smashed into one, even if it's just a jack-of-all-trades in that regard. Some developers get things right, some get things wrong, but most MMO developers find themselves getting things both right and wrong, even within the same game. So guys, here's the question. What are the features that make or break an MMO for you? We can start with the must-have features, the features that make a game, and then we'll go into the features that can break a game for you. Paul, let's go to you first. What are some features that really make an MMO for you? All right. Well, um, I can think of one really early on, and that is exploration. Yeah. Uh, I think negative space. I think that's really key. I think that was something that WoW Classic did so well, or Vanilla WoW, rather, um, at the time. And I think it's something that's missing from a lot of modern MMOs is negative space and maybe too many systems of... I think this is a hot take. But I think, well, this is, I guess, a negative thing we can talk about later. But like, I, I think um, it's good to leave some ambiguity in terms of how socialization can go. Um, I think too many systems of forced socialization can kind of limit people's desire to then kind of create their own groups and their own creative ways to get around things. Um, like I think having world bosses and wow, and then there's just a system where you can group up and, and make raid groups like built into the game for whatever reason. And you kind of have to coordinate and figure them out or whatever. I think that was really interesting and creative. But like then you have systems in some games where you just show up and then you're all in a group. And it's like 
this makes it work. Like if you're if you're not social or you just want to play it while watching, you know, Seinfeld in the background, this is like a good way to actually do that content, which is cool. But also, I just think you're missing an MMO. You're missing meeting up with people. And maybe this is just a weird, naive view that it's not 2004 anymore and people won't do this. But like, get over it. We should be doing it again because I think this is what makes the MMO good. And if you don't want to do this, then like, don't play an MMO. Go do something else because uh, I think you're missing out. Like for me, I don't often do this stuff. So for me, when I'm not in the mood to do it, maybe I shouldn't be playing an MMO. Um, but then like my wife, like Rachel will, you know, every time we play WoW, modern WoW, she'll be like, I'll be like, oh, WoW sucks now. You know, you can't, everything's forced, everything's whatever. And she'll right. just like meet random people in the world. And I've said the story a million times and like make friends and then they'll start sh sending mail to each other. And then they'll like, you know, do all this stuff and they'll help each other every time they log on and they'll go places. And it's just like, I feel like if you don't have that mindset, that's going to, you're going to lose out. So I think having negative space and less systems is really nice because people will kind of make their own uh, community, which I think is really key, or at least I, I would hope they would. Yeah, like, kind of like you're saying, the forced grouping or auto grouping sort of thing really turns it into a lobby game. Yeah. MMOs, you're supposed to like find your way around the world, find your own groups of people. It's You're not supposed to be just forced into a lobby with people, really. I remember maybe 10 years ago, I was auto grouping and wow, and people were talking to each other a little bit in the chat you know i could I yeah. could troll people in the chat which is like me being a little dickling when i was like 20 but i could like troll people in the chat and people would get pissed and we could all like goof around and stuff and like now people will just not reply like if you say anything yeah. even like positive constructive stuff not yeah. even trolling people just don't talk because they're like um the I, I know exactly how the content goes. And even if I don't, the game works in a way where it just naturally uh, is doable without looking almost. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is a wow issue specifically, but I think that wow is, is a good example because wow is late to the game on a lot of these things. Uh, I think if wow is doing it, that means every other MMO has already basically done it. I totally agree on the exploration thing. For me, just in general, a large living world and like this sense of wonder and this sense of danger, especially. So like I need to have these senses when I'm level 10 or 20, I need to feel that there are parts of the world that are totally foreign to me right now. Parts that are just terrifying for a little weakling like myself at those lower levels. Because if I don't have that feeling, then it's the world just feels small. It feels like there's just not anything to work toward, really. Um, so I need that sort of feeling. And, and when, it, when games do have that, it's great. I love that kind of stuff. But Josh, let's go to you next. What are some features that make an MMO for you? So I won't hammer. I, I'm not going to hammer on the exploration thing again, because I, I think y'all basically wrapped it up in a neat little bow. Uh, I agree. Exploration is a must have. Uh, it's it's really why exploring a new MMO is probably the most exciting thing. It's why the first few weeks of a brand new yeah. MMO, no matter how shitty it could be down the line, is always going to be a blast. Honestly, I think what we're missing more than anything uh, these days is really vast dungeons like Blackrock Depths. Uh, we don't oh, yeah. really have that anymore uh, in these days. Like I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy right now, and there's nothing like that. I mean, there is, but it's all story based with like the Praetorium and a few others. Uh, but I think it's something they should do more. I, I mean, Blackrock Depths is super unique, and I mean, it's you can go any option you want. You can go to the prison quarter. You can go through the entire thing. Like it's it's so cool and fascinating, and I wish people would do it more often. WoW and Blizzard have have kind of tried to with uh, a few of their like mega mythic dungeons that they do, right. but it still just doesn't feel the same. It still feels like you're on rails. It's almost like a proto Elden Ring kind of style thing where it's like 
hey, here's like this ultimate thing you need to get to, but here's like a bunch of different ways you can do it. And there's no like prescribed story, but there is like a bunch of like, uh, you know, there's a story you can glean from playing through it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's certain gear you can get from it too, just by running a certain wing. And then you don't have to come back and even go through the rest of it because you just need that piece of gear from that little wing. And it's, it's much more rewarding to me instead of just having to run through the whole damn dungeon uh, just to get to the final boss and then hopefully get some. Um, and I mean, honestly, for me, raiding is a big part of it too. I think if your raids aren't good, uh, what, what are you doing? I, and that's part of the reason, I mean, why WoW had kept me in for so long because the raids are just so good. They're so challenging uh, and they continue to improve upon their formula that they've done. But I, for me, those are, those are the two biggest points I feel like we're missing for the most part. I'm interested to see how Final Fantasy does it. I've done a couple of raids, but it was so kind of lackluster and frankly, just kind of sleeping my way through it because it was so easy that I didn't really get to really experience it. But I'm interested to see kind of what's coming up with uh, the, the increased difficulty as I kind of run through the expansions. Now, in Final Fantasy, the raids are sort of evergreen, right? Like, they, you can always run them. Yep, yep. And uh, there, there's always a chance to get loot from them. Um, not necessarily loot you're going to need, but there's also these things called poetics, uh, which are basically, think of them like badges from WoW. Uh, oh, okay. that you can just use to purchase gear, which a lot of people use. It's also really helpful for all your other jobs that you're going to be, or classes that you're going to be leveling. Um, and you can go back and retroactively use those poetics to buy gear for your other classes. So, uh, it, you know, there, there's a reason to do it. I think they do that incredibly well, which funnily enough, you lead me into another point. Uh, evergreen content is a really big one. And I think WoW needs to figure their shit out with that. I think they're finally getting on top of it and understanding how that works. Uh, you know, with, with their most recent Shadowlands season, uh, with having you run through old raids of you know Castle Nathria and Shadowlands, uh, which was I thought a fantastic idea, that Final Fantasy nails, and I, other games 100% need to do that. It may just be honestly, I think WoW is really the biggest perpetrator of that. But more evergreen content and MMO is is so critical because just leaving it behind is terrible. It makes it feel like what's this raid just sitting here in the open world for? Like I'm not doing it. So why is it even here? I know that's really big for that's a that's a big part of Guild Wars too. Is that nothing ever gets too old and out of date like you can always go play the content because it's always relevant yep what are the uh raid difficulties in final fantasy i i, I think if, from what i understand the high-end rating is a little bit easier than it is in wow and you can you can almost pug the most difficult stuff but maybe i'm wrong from my understanding, you can. Um, I think it also has a lot to do with uh, the community in Final Fantasy too. It's way less toxic, so the people you're getting in there are going to be a little more patient and willing to work through maybe some difficulties. Um, I, I've heard it's... I, I don't know the actual levels of the difficulty. I think, like, primals are one of them. I, I, just, I haven't got deep enough in to know yet, but having watched Asmund do a few of the raids, there's definitely some difficulty there. It's definitely like a dance. Um, but yeah, right. I think there's a little more personal responsibility in Final Fantasy, which makes it which makes it doable. Yeah, because yeah, aren't the the rotations are pretty extensive in Final Fantasy? You, like you have a lot of abilities. There's a I lot. Yeah, I am. I have three. Hot, I have three hot bars now, all full of like abilities. It's kind of nuts. And but they, it's also not like asinine. Like it makes sense. So for me, some of the features that make an MMO. First off, it has to have good combat. Whether it's tab target or action combat doesn't matter, but it has to be enjoyable. Combat is what you're doing like 90% of the time in an MMO. So that aspect has to be good. If it's not, then it's like, what are we, what are we even doing? What, what are we doing here? And there are some games 
more on the older side, some games that did tab target really poorly. And then just like right off the bat, it's like, I, I can't play this game because games like WoW do tab target as good as you possibly can do it. Final Fantasy does tab target pretty well. Although the actual like tabbing between enemies is really bad. Rift does tab target really well. So there's, there are games that do it really well. Action combat, I personally really do love the combat in New World. We've talked about it before. I know a lot of people like Black Desert Online and play that just because the combat is so good. Because like I said, that's all you're doing in MMOs. That's most of the game. But also, taking that a step further, well-designed group PvE content, like Josh said, whether it's open-world stuff, like Paul was mentioning with the uh, open-world bosses, whether it's dungeons, raids, or just having all of it, also, what Josh said, I really like these really well-crafted dungeons. I like the large Blackrock Depths type of stuff too, but I also like the... I, I do also like the linear handcrafted experiences too. I don't know. I think there's space for both of them in a game. RP features. That's another thing that I really like in games. Whether or not I'm going to engage in it, I like when they're there. That's like expansive emotes, player housing guild housing cool hangout spots like just like taverns that have space for people to just sit around and hang out uh neat looking non-combat gear sort of like i guess transmog type stuff but i have other thoughts on on transmog but i do like rp gear and then for me dynamic weather baby i will literally try a game just for this feature alone it's what made me install Black Desert. Unfortunately, I never even got to that aspect of the game before I uninstalled it the couple times that I've had it on my PC. But <laughs> dynamic weather in a game, so good. Classic WoW did weather so amazingly well. Even though like the weather wasn't affecting gameplay, but just being there in like the, these heavy rains, these heavy snows, love that stuff. Absolutely love it. All right, so... Now let's get into some things that break an MMO for us. What makes us uninstall a game or like stuff that we try to look past as much as possible when we're playing a game because other aspects we like. Because not every game is perfect. Every game has stuff, especially with MMOs, they'll have stuff that they do really well, stuff that they do really poorly. But Paul, let's go to you first. What are some things that break a game for you? Yeah, so I mean, I already kind of touched on it, but um, too many systems for me is just not going to happen. And um, I will fully admit to being kind of like a a stickler about this or a snob about this where like I don't even I barely like any systems of progress <laughs> I want like a few that like tickle my fancy and make me want to keep going a little bit you know just give me like some progress and you know I leveled up here's some new skills you know maybe whatever but um, when there's like four different currencies and like two of them are real world currencies and you know all this kind of stuff I mean that's not even getting into free to play is good or not I just don't like it's not even about the free to play. It's just about too many fucking things <laughs> yeah. um, and too many goals. And it's like, where, what do I do? What's the best content? And sometimes it's like the main story, but sometimes people are like, ditch the main story. These like, uh, you know, scenarios are, are better. They're more interesting. And it's like, okay, but like, they don't give me that like narrative hit that I want. And people are like, okay, well then go back and do this and then do this and then switch to that thing. And at level 30 and it's, so I just I'm just not into that. That does not. And that that's tough because that's most MMOs in the modern day. And I, I understand why it works because it hits that dopamine and there's something for everyone and there's enough content. And it just it just makes sense to to do it that way. But it doesn't work for me. But again, it's hard in the modern era to imagine making a game 
that's going to sell well and have longevity. Um, you know, it it would it almost seems foolish to make a game without enough of those things because it's not 2004 um, and right, you're not yeah. the only game out there. And so and, and those things exist now and you can't go back to a world where people don't want that. We've talked about that before um, in any game that people want these like systems and things. Um, and, and also, um, I think another thing that makes me uninstall is um, too much story. This is a hot take for me. Um, but I just I want to be let loose into the world. I love in World of Warcraft how you start, how most of the vanilla content worked, um, even the Kata redo, but definitely the vanilla content. You're just a guy doing stuff. And I love being in that world. That's one of the reasons I find it hard to get into like Final Fantasy 14 because uh, it's just too much story. And I, and I and I think that like there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure it can be proven wrong. And maybe you're not like the great hero and whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. But the point is, I just don't like that. And I don't like that. I was reading about this today. What is it? The, the oh, I won't remember it. That um, Ludo, Ludo something. Ludo narrative, narrative dissonance. Ludo narrative dissonance. Um, but I find that's a thing that I feel a lot in these MMOs where it's like, hey, there's like a million people playing right now. But you are the main. When you go into cutscenes, you're the only guy there. Yeah. Um, and I just don't like that. And so I'm not I'm not into that. And uh, that that really throws me off. And I understand that's how you can progress a game, a tradi- give you people that traditional single player story experience. But I'd rather it just stay. Uh, I'd rather it just kind of stay like you're another person out there doing stuff. And I know that's really difficult to do. Um, but I think Vanilla WoW did like a decent job of that, you know. And and again, like in your rating, it's like, hey, there's like 40 people here. Yeah, they all they all did it. Yeah, maybe there's a thousand people, but like a thousand and forty are a lot closer than like a thousand to one. Like it still feels like, hey, we're a group. That's like that's how they're celebrating you. Yeah, the only other game that I think does that well, what what WoW Classic did, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of a, a you're just a, a guy, yeah. is RuneScape. I think RuneScape yeah. does that really well. Hundred percent. And and you, I mean, they're from the same exact era, so it makes total sense. Um, and yeah, so I, I love that kind of thing. Too much story. And I will just briefly touch on the longevity of graphics. I think um, when I play an MMO, that's and this is more of an older thing. I don't think it's going to translate as well now because I think we're <laughs> maybe I'm being like, this will be funny in like 20 years if I go back and listen to this. But I think we're at a point where things look really good and we're not progressing in the technology enough that things age as much anymore. You know, I'm playing Witcher 3 from, you know, eight, seven, eight years ago, and it still looks incredible. Obviously, they've done a big um, remaster of it, but still, um, I think games don't look as different over the years. But uh, certainly before I used to play uh, realistic looking quote unquote MMOs that were realistic for the technology of the time, like Lord of the Rings online, or, um, I mean, again, I'm, I'm sure we can have an argument about it, but like rift or games that like focused on that, like photo realism kind of style a bit more. And then as those things have aged, uh, they don't have that longevity to me because they look so dated. Um, when you take something like world of Warcraft or even guild wars or even final fantasy, because it is that cartoon anime aping style, you have things that have a bit more longevity, even if they don't get remasters. So for me, it's really tough for me when I see it. I mean, again, it's a little different now, but definitely in the last you know decade, when I go to play an, an MMO, I get a little wary when I see those graphics or even going to one that's been out for a few years. It's tough for me to play them when they have that kind of like dated photorealistic style with a bit more jaggy polygons and things. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. The, the stylized art style is just always going to be a good decision in any game well i was going to say it makes so much sense in mmos because they're meant to stand the test of time they're meant to stand look at wow wow is almost 20 years old 
Um, and obviously they've done extensive things to those graphics. I mean, especially like when they redid all the character models and everything else. But but it's still, I think if they hadn't kept that original style, or they hadn't had that original style of being cartoony already, it would have been very shocking as they changed that. And it's been so gradual that it'd be, I think it'd be more shocking now to go back and be like, remember this building? It used to look like this. And you'd be like, oh, fuck, I guess it is different now. Um, and that's cool. Yeah, it's hard to even tell, too, because even WoW Classic aged like pretty gracefully. Like You, you yeah. go back and play like Wrath, and it's like, damn, like this is not bad. Versus playing like Lord of the Rings Online, you know, or mm-hmm. something. It looks like a game from 2007. Yeah. Josh, let's go to you next. Where are some things that break a game for you? My main thing, and it's honestly the most important, which is why RuneScape, I just really don't play a whole lot of RuneScape anymore. It's having to wiki shit. I hate yeah. having to look shit up. So, and in <laughs> some amounts, that's fine. If I'm having to look up how a raid works, how a fight's supposed to go, that's perfectly fine to me. That doesn't bother me at all. Uh, but it, it's having to figure out these little bitty minute details to how am I going to progress my character? How am I going to do this or that? It's it's why I've I've effectively, and I'll get into it a little more in the water cooler. It's why I've effectively dropped Wallstar again. It's when I'm having to look up the most minute, obscene shit just to either progress or figure out a quest. It just it drives me nuts. Half the time is spent in the wiki. Half the time is spent in the game. I am playing a game. I want to stay in the game primarily. And that just it takes me right out whenever I have to sit there and go to wiki how to see how something works in the game. It just drives me nuts. Time trials are another one for me. This is probably going to be more of a gripe to WoW than anything else. But Mythic Plus frankly ruined in-game for me in WoW. It's why I, I haven't touched Dragonflight in about a month. I, I just, I'm done with Mythic Plus. I'm done with time trial style dungeons. I just, I want to just play the dungeons at my own pace. Yeah. Make, the, make the difficulty, make it as difficult as you fucking want and make me struggle through it. I don't mind that. That's a fun, satisfying challenge. But when a death keeps me from getting a certain amount of loot because I have lost track of a time, like that's nuts. That's crazy. It's not satisfying. It's not rewarding. You still feel like shit after you beat the boss because you died a few times. You you just you don't have that feeling of satisfaction when you still know the clock is against you. And it's just not fun at all. It's also like the antithesis of what an MMO group yeah. content should be. You should be taking your time, chilling with the group, t- discussing tactics. Like it that, it's the opposite of what that should be. Exactly. Like it, and it just it adds even more stress and and honestly feeds into a shittier community too, because there's not that reward and that feeling of satisfaction when you beat it like there is in a raid because you still have that in raids where you're pounding your head against the wall and then everybody shouts and you have that one that cool awesome moment when you finally kill the heroic end boss like that's satisfying but they've they've taken that out whenever you have a time trial style system Uh, you're not only going against the actual boss mechanics you're also going against a ticking clock and it's just not fun and then it honestly just absurd and endless grinds i know some people like this I don't like artifact power systems and WoW. I hated. Uh, I don't know how many other absurd endless grinds there really are out there. Again, more of a gripe towards WoW just because it's what I'm familiar with. But I it, Lost Ark too. There's just really absurd grinds. Like, you, I, like I was talking to my coworker who got me back into Lost Ark. The amount of ridiculous shit you have to do in that game is absurd. You have to just go to all these little islands and complete these little bitty quests. You got to do a certain amount of those quests. You got to do a certain amount of those. And then you have to look them all up. You got a wiki how to do it. And then some of the some of the things you need only pop up once a day. So if you can't get to it, you're completely fucked. Uh, it's literally just, it's a mishmash of all the things I've mentioned. Well, I've kind of gone on a tangent here. But Lost Ark is kind of in a, in a circle, all three of these things. I'm having to look shit up. 
I'm having to do time trials to make sure I can get yeah. to these islands and complete them in time. And then the grinds you have to do are fucking asinine just to get like past tier one gear. It's insane. I, so I, that, that's probably the main one for me. I, while I never really felt pressured in WoW to do like the artifact power grind just because I didn't give a shit, like I'll get it regardless. I think it's silly to put it in there because if you put it in there, people are going to do it and it's going to feel unrewarding. Yeah, especially because with that one, you get some diminishing returns at, at a certain point and it, it really doesn't even matter that much. You can only you can only get so powerful. Someone who grinds like thirty more hours in artifact power at the end of the game is not necessarily gonna be very much stronger than someone else. They're gonna have about two percent more damage at best. It's yeah. like crazy. So for me, number one, and this is mostly a retail WoW problem, and mostly because other games don't exist as long as WoW. I mean, obviously like EverQuest and EverQuest two still get expansions every year, but it's a it's different. So borrowed power changing every expansion. If I don't like the systems of a specific expansion, I feel like I have no reason to play it and I might as well skip it. And I feel like from a development standpoint, from them trying to sell me the game, it's so stupid because if I don't like the one thing that they built the entire expansion around, why would I play it? I I know next expansion is going to be something different anyway. So I, I do like that they're getting away from that. Supposedly, I think. Seeing how dragon riding goes into the next expansion is going to be really interesting. If it does at all, that's that's yet to be seen because I, that's that's really sort of the, the main borrowed power in, in this one, right, Josh? Like, there's is there another borrowed power grind other than dragon riding? I'm not really sure. No, they they pretty much stripped it straight out. There there's no BS grinds really at all in Dragonflight. Okay, so yeah, I mean that it's good that they're changing things in that regard. Then it's 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 a long time coming. And then overloading the player with a ton of information and cluttered UI right away. This is a shout out to Black Desert. God, it's fucking terrible. I can get used to a complicated UI over time, but when a game like Black Desert throws everything at you right away, it is so off-putting. It's like, what am I looking at? I have no idea what's going on here. I don't, like, ease me into it. (laughs) Why are you showing me everything right away? It's so off-putting. I, I distinctly remember in Black Desert Online, I downloaded it, I opened it, and then I pressed the escape menu, and I didn't leave that menu because I went to the quit button immediately. There, yeah, it's yeah. it's insane how much shit they put in there. Yeah, I've installed Black Desert maybe three or four times, and I, I don't think I ever lasted more than 15 minutes. And like you, there's a time where I just saw the screen right away, and I'm like, nope uninstalling it. I'm not I, I don't want to learn this. Like I don't care enough to learn all this stuff. Another one, a world that scales with the player. And so shout out to ESO here. This just totally destroys the RPG aspect of the game, to me at least. It doesn't feel like my character is making progress. My character isn't going on a journey because they could just go anywhere. So I don't know, man. I I get there are pros and cons to it. But for me, the cons way just totally outweigh the pros when it comes to a scaling world. And it's fine in like... World of Warcraft has done it in some of the expansions where I guess Legion, I don't know if they've done it in every, I I actually, they did it in Shadowlands. Um, Legion was maybe the first one they did it where you could choose where you wanted to go first and it scaled with you. And that is fine because that's, you know, that's, that's well beyond. That's an expansion story. It's a little bit different, but when the entire world from level one scales to you, it's like, what are we doing? Why that it's not an RPG then it's just like an action game. I, I hate that aspect of ESO, which 
didn't exist at launch. Like it was the one Tamriel update that, that did that. The game wasn't always like that. And then forced crafting, especially when the crafting isn't fun. There aren't a lot of games that do this, but when you actually have to get into crafting to do anything worthwhile, totally kills the game. And then finally, total pay to win elements. It seems like a, a, a no brainer. That's probably why you guys didn't even mention it, but I can forgive these things when I start a new game and I'm just enjoying the leveling experience for a bit. Like, kind of like Josh with Lost Ark probably, but I could never stick around a game where your character is stronger simply because you have a bottomless wallet. Like it, it doesn't make any sense why anyone would enjoy that game to me. If your power is based on how much you're spending in the game, it just seems, it just seems pointless unless you go, unless you're going into it knowing like I'm going to spend hundreds of do- hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on this game because I'm a whale. <laughs> like unless, unless you know that going in it, why would you put, so much time into a game and and i don't know i would play something else it just doesn't make sense to me. yeah i didn't even think about it because i avoid it so much like lost ark is probably the closest i've gotten to like playing a game like that but i still have not spent like hardly any money at all on it and that's another black desert thing i know that's a hugely pay-to-win game so all right let's move on to a year to remember co-op edition in a year to remember our panelists have to answer two types of questions one I'm going to give them a game title, and they have to tell me the year that it initially launched. And two, I'm going to give the panelists a year and a platform, and they have to try to tell me the highest scoring game on that platform in the given year. The scores are taken from Metacritic. We're going to play six rounds. The panelists, our two panelists in this case, are going to work together to make a single guess for each round. If the panelists can work together to get four or more correct, they win. If they get two or fewer, I win. If they get three, We'll do a quick tiebreaker. All right, guys, you are working together. Tell me, what year did RuneScape launch? Ooh, I've, I've watched the documentary a lot. I want to say, oh, fuck. Is it 01, 02, or 03? It's 01 or 02. It's not 03. Okay, okay. So which one is it? I want to... Okay, he was... Wor- so... Andrew Gower, the creator, he was working on it. He was working on Mud, which was his yep. old original, and he was working on that through the late '90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I I almost want to say 01. It feels like an 01 to me. That's what my heart says. I'm gonna go with 01 if if yep. you're down with it. Yep. Yep. All right. The answer is that RuneScape launched in 2001. Hell Let's yeah. go. Hell yeah. All right. Getting away from the MMO stuff a little bit in 2010. <laughs> What was the highest scoring game on the Nintendo Wii? Fuck me. I have no clue. Holy shit. Um my my gut is telling me Super Mario Galaxy 2. I will absolutely default to you on this if you I if think that's it's too it early though. I, yeah, I don't know. Um but that's all I can think of. I can't think of anything on the Wii, so I'm just throwing it out there. I'll I'll go with it. Let's do yep. it. All right. The highest scoring game in 2010 on the Wii was Super Mario Galaxy 2. Holy shit. All right. That was, that's just like, that was, that's one of those by osmosis things that like just I remembered but didn't remember. Very nice. All right. Two for two. Next game. What year did Star Wars The Old Republic come out? Oh, 20. uh, No, 2011. Nope. Yep. Um, I remember where I was working. Yeah. It was late 2011, right? It was the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, it was 2011, but yeah, because I was I was super excited in 2010. Yeah, same. All right, Star Wars: The Old Republic released in 
2011. 2011. Three Let's for go. three, guys. Dude, Josh and I always kill this shit. <laughs> no, it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was the highest scoring game in 2015 on Xbox One? My gut is telling me Witcher 3, but that yep. maybe is maybe wrong. I don't. I can't remember anything else that came up. Uh, I don't remember how well that did. <laughs> oh, okay. I was. Literally oh, you know what else came out that year? I believe um, Arkham Knight. That might have scored high. Man, this is a toughie. I know. Okay, this is a so big we can, year. We can rule out Halo completely. Uh, there, ain't been <laughs> yeah. a good, there ain't been a good Halo since Reach. Hmm. This is a toughie. I I, I want to say The Witcher just because it's such mm-hmm. a default and it's not yeah. Bloodborne because that's PlayStation. Yep. So I'm I'm down with The Witcher. I I think that's it. Fuck it. Let's say Witcher. All right. In 2015, the highest scoring game on Xbox One was Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. Never in a million fucking years would have gotten it. It makes sense. Great game, but yeah. Witcher 3 was number two, I believe. Well, I feel good about that. It scored a 91 or 92, and Metal Gear Solid V was like a 95. Yeah. That sounds consistent. Donkey made me sold on that game. I'll never play it, but it's insane. The fucking shit you can do in Metal Gear Solid Five. All right, tell me the year that Wild Star came out. Oh fuck off! Twenty twelve. I'm just defaulting to Josh. I I really don't know anything about Wild Star. All right, Wild Star came out in the year twenty fourteen. Damn it, that was my <laughs> other guess. Fuck. That's <laughs> okay. It's so crazy how Wild Star has been dead for years at this point, and it came out not even a decade ago. Wild star (laughs) all right so you have three we're on the last one now if you get it you win if you don't get it we go to a tiebreaker okay all right what was the highest scoring game on the nintendo switch in the year 2023 (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's out here he's like y'all been paying attention these last three weeks no Holy shit. I think it's pretty clear that I haven't. Um, It's not the shitty Pokemon game. Everybody shit on that. I don't know what came out in the last like three weeks on the Switch. I haven't the slightest clue. Could it be the Pokemon game? I mean, that came out last year. Oh, was it 2022? Damn. Yep. Shit. I haven't the faintest. Um, I'm just trying to think of games that came out now this year that might have released on the Switch. Emblem Engage? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. Yeah. Emblem Engage. All right, the answer, the highest scoring game on the Nintendo Switch in 2023 thus far, <laughs> Persona 4 Golden. Oh, fuck uh, you. you son of a bitch. Not you, but like, fuck them <laughs> for even rating it. <laughs> all right, so you got three. You got the first three, and then it was just all downhill yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah, I, you know what it was? And I knew it. I said, Josh and I always do so well here, and that's when we started. <laughs> that's when it went off the rails. I fucking yeah. knew Wildstar, bro. I just got antsy. Yep. All right, here's your tiebreaker. Tell me the year that EverQuest released. Oh, shit. 19. We're in the right millennium. 98. I'll, I'll default to you on that. I think that sounds right because it was definitely well before well. All right. EverQuest released in 1999. Oh, damn. 1999. Close. Well, Close. March of 1999. Hey, my birthday oh, month. Yeah. And Josh. March 16th. That was for us. March was Kings. A, yeah, March Kings. <laughs> there you go. You, right. beat, the, yeah, you yeah. beat the brakes out of our ass, man. Yeah, that's... I won. Uh, <laughs> I won. Yeah. Fucked us up. Yep. 
it was the wild star one that that was gonna be the the one that was gonna either make or break you guys i, I knew it too because i remember distinctly like i couldn't play it on my uh, laptop because it was so poorly optimized so bad like i i was I had I was one of those like jackasses that had an Alienware laptop, and even though <laughs> they were like ridiculous, like they still had good specs. And I remember downloading it and being like, "My God, this thing runs!" Like I was getting fifteen frames everywhere, so I just quit. So my previous PC was one that I got in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, and it was not top of the line, but it was decent. Mm-hmm. And so twenty fourteen, the year WildStar came out, and I was trying to play the game like in the last couple of weeks before it closed. I couldn't run it on my PC. The game wow. was just so poorly optimized. Crazy. What's that game that just came out that like, oh, it's uh, Forspoken, right? Is running like garbage on PC right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it yep. requires like a 3070 or something. I think they're recommended as a, <laughs> is the 4000 series. Oh my God. My God. Yeah. I mean, that? it looks good, but like, can you not put it on a fucking low setting? I think <laughs> it's all the particle effects. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. it is. Because the game You're is like just you just can't room. turn them off because we've it's the entire game is particle effects. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, very good. I mean, you guys didn't win, but uh, but you did. Yeah. You did all right. We yeah. had a great. If we just cut out that first uh, three questions, we seemed like kings. We choked. All right. Let's move on to the water cooler. We're gonna take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. I'm gonna go first. You know what? I'm gonna go first. All right. Wow. Deal with it. Damn, I'm hurting. So, like we said at the beginning of the show, no Last of Us HBO update this week because episode three, as of recording right now, comes out in like nine hours. So <laughs> it's not <laughs> out yet. I should have I should have emailed Naughty Dog and been like, "Can you just get? I don't want the whole season. Just give me an episode three screener for like twenty four hours before release." We That's should have an awkward. You should record a bit later and then like edit it into the podcast, and then it'll be like a totally different, like use a different microphone and like <laughs> yeah. totally different setup. Hey guys, Matt here. You sound like forty years older. I didn't think about it, but I I could do I could do that. I could just splice <laughs> in easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Fuck it. Uh, so no update because we're recording early. Like I said, we're recording on the Sunday of release. I'll talk about it next week. I'll, I'll have two episodes to talk about next time. Um, thirty seconds or less. Can you um can you tell me um how you think you're gonna react to it? Like, can you give me a reaction like you like? Can you react like you just watched it and guess what you're gonna say? Oh well, I think <laughs> here's what I'm gonna say. Probably, I think you know how the critics are saying it's episode three is like the greatest episode of TV they've ever yes. seen. I don't think I'm gonna go quite that far because it's just so hyped up. I think I'm yeah. gonna like it. I think I'm gonna really like seeing. Bill's town and 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 seeing Nick Offerman as Bill, but I don't think I'm gonna be like that's the best episode of TV I've ever seen. I hope Josh I do. Freaking out, Nick Offerman. Yeah, he's, yeah. He you're Bill. shitting me. What Nick the Offerman's fuck? Oh my god, I, am I know. So excited. Yeah. So I'm pumped, but I hope it lives up to it. But I mean, that's insanely high praise. So we'll see. Uh, but I've also been playing because I, Josh fucking did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> let's go listen remember how i was saying on last episode i'm like i'm playing death stranding i'm gonna get through that and then i'm gonna play persona 5 and there's all these awesome single player games i want to play because hogwarts legacy comes out in like a week yep now nah, fuck it i'm playing final fantasy 14 <laughs> why i'm doing this i don't know it's a great filler yeah just as you're getting sick of it you'll start playing hogwarts legacy there, yeah no that's probably. probably yeah probably a good point i've started a marauder slash warrior and it's a tanking class, and I kind of want to tank for some reason. I've heard that Warrior is like brain dead easy, 
at tanking and also that tanking in the game in general is not difficult. So I don't know. I, I figured it'd be kind of fun to to give that a shot. I'll get into dungeons really easily. The the cues will pop for me quickly, and it shouldn't be too difficult. They're also really strong. I mean, tanks are like incredible. Like they do a lot of damage too. Oh hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I truly didn't expect that. Last time I got a character to level 41, but that was a few years ago, and I dropped off. And the main scenario quest was really dragging at the time, but that was before they trimmed it down a bit. I'm playing like in a different region because it's a it's a class or job. What fucking job? I guess is what they call their classes. <laughs> it's a job that start. Although the the starter classes are called classes, and then they turn into jobs. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> They're not professions. They're jobs. Yeah, it's a weird. It makes you feel like you're going to nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. So the one that I'm playing this time starts in a different area than the archer turning into a bard that I played last time. So. I, I don't know how to compare it, like where they trim stuff down, where they streamline stuff, but it does feel much more streamlined. Also, I'm only doing the MSQ and my class quests. I'm not doing any side quests at all, and I'm already like out leveling the the quests, which is ridiculous. So that feels a little bit weird, but I kind of like how streamlined it feels. But still, in a Realm Reborn early on, all there's way. For having no voice acting, there's just way too much dialogue. It's just way too much. Like, I just want to move on. It's rough. And there's to be frank with you, there's a lot of stuff that you may want to pay attention to. But I'll be honest with you, by by the end of it, the main story beats are just going to be thrown at you. Uh, yeah. So if you're just like glancing, you're going to be fine because that's what I did. And I understand everything. Yeah, I'm like speed reading. I'm not skipping any cutscenes, but I'm just reading really quickly and clicking through. And it might get to a point where I just run through shit and read a summary online <laughs> but we'll see we'll see i wouldn't even blame you for a realm reborn it's pretty uh it's pretty lengthy <laughs> josh let's go to you next because you're also playing final fantasy 14 i'm sure you've got other stuff going on as well but go ahead take it away yeah i'll uh, i'll start with final fantasy i i have been enjoying the shit out of it my class i play a bard has uh has really started to come into its own and it's it's one of the more satisfying tab target rotations that i've really played in an, in an MMO in a while. I think it's probably the first game to compete with WoW in that regard, not necessarily in smoothness, but in just the way the rotation feels. It, it's satisfying to, you know, get a certain proc or the, I was initially really worried about the 2.5 uh, global uh, cooldown. Yeah. Uh, 2.5 second global cooldown, but uh, it really by the time you get to where I'm at, you don't even notice it. Maybe once or twice you'll notice it, but it, it it's so fluid and works so well and there's so many things going on and so many things you have to press that it, it's it goes really smoothly. Let me ask you real quick. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't want to cut you off, but about the global cooldown, how does it work? Because it seems like sometimes my ability, if I click it before the cooldown is up, it queues it up, but only if it's within like if the cooldown is half over. I don't do you know how that works at all? I, I actually don't. I just because I'm sitting there spamming my next button, basically. Yeah, that's just, what I do. It just yeah. feels like sometimes it's queued up. I don't know. It's strange. It, it it starts to feel a little better when you get those abilities that are off the global. Cooldown. Yeah, because yeah, then it, then it will queue it up, I think. Uh, and but then it also immediately procs your one that's off the global cooldown. Once you start getting those, it really starts to feel a, a little bit better. As far as story, I it's it's honestly blow, blown my mind. It's nuts. Heaven's word. I thought it was going to be overhyped not it's really fantastic it's such a fun story when i thought heaven's word was almost going to be over uh they just kept throwing more crazy shit at me uh and it's and it's been really good the direction they're taking the story i really really enjoy 
other than Final Fantasy fourteen, I have been playing some more Witcher three. The second I get in that game, dude, it's it reminds <laughs> me of when I played like Skyrim. Like it just sucks mm-hmm. me in immediately. I I do I like go and destroy one monster nest, and I'm like, all right, cool, let's just let's do this <laughs> shit. I've discovered almost all of Velen, other than the places that are way too high level for me. Nice, feel yeah. Like I, I I've mentioned it briefly before, but I wanted to really be over leveled before I got into the main quest, so that way I could just hammer them out and do them. Because uh, it's really good. The second I start doing them, I don't want to have to grind and get levels just to continue on with the main story. So I, I, the, the story missions I'm doing right now are like level 11 and I'm like level 15, I think. <laughs> uh, so I'm just, I'm running through them. I'm pounding them out. But it's it's really, really great. Also played some Dead Space. Dead Space, my yeah. God. It's just, I mean, it's just the OG Dead Space, but it feels better. It looks fucking incredible. And my God. I am reminded of why I love Dead Space so much. I'm not really a horror guy. I don't want to play a lot of horror games or scary games. I just, it, <laughs> I'm a bit of a, a bitch and it just scares <laughs> me. But Dead Space for some reason is different. Like, I, I've definitely, Dude, you're selling me. I've definitely had some moments where I like am shitting my pants, but it's satisfying because you, you, you have a gun. You, you, can, you can, you know, pull out the gat and shoot the fucking monsters. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And that's why I like it. That's why, even though I actually did enjoy Amnesia a lot. That's why I prefer Dead Space, because you have some means of beating back this. It's scarier when you can't fight back. Exactly, exactly. And, and the fact that you can is really satisfying. I, I, it, I look like I'm river dancing the entire time, though, because any dead body I see, <laughs> I stomp on, because there is about a 90% chance that bitch is going to come back to life and turn into a necromorph. Oh. And I think, honestly, what the game has done for me, I, I've played more Dead Space 2 than the first Dead Space, but I think I'm preferring this one, because it's just a little more simple which I think is what it needs. I don't need all those extra guns that come in Dead Space 2. I just need the plasma cutter because it feels so right. It fits Isaac. It fits the story. It's not overblown. It, I, I really am enjoying it. I, I, I'm probably going to play it uh, more today. And I just, it was like The Witcher. It just sucked me right in. It, the, the atmosphere is insane. I turned it up, had the bass boost uh, going on in my living room. It was just yeah. so satisfying. I'm really excited to play it. It's 2023 has already been a really good year for gaming and for me anyways. And I'm, I'm just, it's already got me excited. Like the fact that I have all these good single player games to kind of run through. There was one more game uh, that I unfortunately uninstalled. <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. Uh-huh. So I played it originally on PC. I downloaded it on Game Pass or PC and played it here. It gave me such horrible motion sickness. Uh, I mean, I, I was struggling and I never get motion sick playing the game. Mm-hmm. But the reason is, He's like 20 to like the actual character himself is in 20 to 30 FPS based on how they did the animation. The problem is instead of slowing everything else down, everything else is moving super fast, like yeah. 60 frames a second, super smooth. And it just messes with my head. I yeah. can't make heads yep. or tails of it and I can't stand it. I did get it on. I went ahead and said, fuck it. I want to try it on the, you know, give it another shot. I put it on my Xbox with a big screen and it wasn't as bad. It didn't affect me as much, but the, the combat is cool as shit. Like, I like the idea that hitting on the beat is really neat. The jumping and platforming is Ooh, rough. It reminds bad. me of Crash Bandicoot. Uh, because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Crash. But there are definitely parts of Crash where you can't really judge your jumps and distance. Yeah, and that's There's no depth. What, and, and that's kind of what this feels like. There's no depth. To you. Like, there's been times I thought I should make a jump, but the jump is so short that I couldn't make it. So, I, for me, I'm just going to put it down. I'm not going to sit here and say I hate the game or it's bad. It's just... I, I think it's a game that could be for me. I just, I'm not going to bother with it on this occasion. I just, maybe one day something will pop and I'll be like, all right, let's do it again. But for now, with all the other games I have, I'm just going to shelve high five for now. And maybe we'll come back, maybe not. But I'm just, you know, moving on from it, basically. 
it's so weird that it's from Tango Gameworks, who did Evil Within, Evil Within 2, and Ghostwire Tokyo. It's so weird. It's crazy that they're able to flex their muscles, because clearly it was a success. I mean, people really like mm -hmm. it. That's why I'm not going to sit here and shit all over it, but... It's crazy they have, it's, it's, I mean, it's cool they have such depth at their, you know, development studio to be able to kind of produce banger after banger and be such unique games. Yeah, it's a small studio. And I don't know, like, this number's from 2012, and they've grown a lot since then, obviously. I mean, they all their games came out after that. <laughs> but according to Wikipedia, at least when they founded it, it was 65 employees. So I assume it's grown quite a bit more, but yeah. if it's still small... That's impressive. Like Ghostwire came out less than a year ago. And I assume it was a smaller separate team working on Hi-Fi Rush, but it's so crazy that they're able to I mean, you couldn't come up with a more different game than the other stuff that they've done. It's it's wild. Josh, as far as Dead Space, one thing I want to ask you, hmm. how do you feel about Isaac being more voiced in the remake than the original game? Because I know that was something people were worried about. Uh, I think all it does is uh, flesh out Isaac more. I already liked Isaac a lot. I liked his struggles. I think it's interesting, and I think it just it does more to more service to his character. Honestly, I admit I didn't remember a lot about the OG Dead Space just because it's been ages. I mean, yeah. ages since I played it. But I, all of the changes I've seen and noticed, I really appreciated Isaac too. I think he's great. Uh, and honestly, the detail, the, the detail in the characters. I'm on an Xbox Series S, but the detail in the characters is nutty like the actual like i don't know if they mocapped it i'm not i'm not sure i don't think they did but just the detail of it is insane i i'm i'm really impressed yeah dead space right now on open critic sitting at a 90 90 it's super encouraging and i hope it pushes ea to do a little more with dead space that isn't dead space 3 i mean we're literally talking potential game of the year nominee already in january definitely absolutely and it, it's i think it's warranted it's really really good paul what'd you play this week yeah so i mean let's just like pull off the tail of <laughs> let's work <laughs> <laughs> i keep that that's fine uh let's let's uh ride off the tail of what jo J josh talking about hi-fi rush um let's talk about hi-fi rush because i also played hi-fi rush i probably played for two hours maybe three i think it was more like two and i got you know i got past the first main boss and i got into you know i got a few more mechanics in the game as things went on i haven't uninstalled yet but i'm having a lot of trouble imagining i'll keep playing it i this is a weird thing for me because I saw this game and it got me really excited. I love the idea of what people are saying, you know, this like 2000 or this like PS2 early 2000s game that comes out and it's just fun and it's not it's not all into the story and all these systems and it's just goofy and the, I I actually found the voice acting really endearing. Um the the main voice actor um I forget his name, but he he played Spider-Man in one of the in the in the latest um Disney cartoon oh, and um, something Damon, Ron Damon or something. But anyway, um, and he just, he was like the perfect, like cringy anime protagonist a little bit, like Americanized anime protagonist where, you know, it was like, oh, he's really embarrassing, but it's like funny because we're supposed to laugh at how like goofy he is, but it worked. It wasn't too bad. People are like, oh, it's like, it's like that great example of like um, quirky versus cringy you know it's like not everything that's quirky and like embarrassing is cringy like it can just be kind of like quirky and fun and it was i think they nailed it yeah them them playing it straight really did some service to his character i was actually surprised yeah. that was a big bonus he's, his character is yeah. really cool 
and he acted it great and it was like i i believed it i believed this whole like he's in it he's like what's going on this is crazy and like the, the, the but they the, he did it and he has this spider-man-y voice which works but it wasn't he didn't play spider-man and i thought that was really cool like he wasn't because i think it'd be really easy to make it this like spider-man tom holland spider-man character and they didn't do that um and yeah and, and all the voice acting i think was really great the characters are really in, endearing um the cat is fantastic people love that cat 808 um so yeah um overall like the, they nailed the vibe the city's cool the colors are amazing but i kept hearing sunset overdrive i kept hearing jet set radio future i kept hearing these things and then i played the game and to me the first thing i think of of jet set radio future and i think of with sunset overdrive is momentum and movement and traversal and this like feeling of smoothness and like everything goes off without a hitch. And I guess in a sense there is that in this game because you know, you're, you're hitting on the beat and you're supposed to keep to that beat and you're supposed to kind of like have things go off in this, in this orchestrated way. But when I think of those games, I think of it in the, in the realm of movement and this, the movement in this game sucks ass. Like, you to keep to the beat your character steps his foot down on the beat which is great and the beat isn't so fast that it's like unbelievable which is good but in that you walk slow you you do like one of those big lunging running animations so it feels so it like it looks like it should be fast right but it's like one of those goofy runs um that looks big and 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 you know and striding but really you're stepping short steps and you're going slow to step to the beat. And so the world around you, like Josh is saying, is moving not only at a higher, maybe a higher frame rate, it's just moving. Everything's moving. There's pieces moving everywhere, set pieces, because they're all moving to the beat. It's all supposed to give you indicators of the beat, which is really cool. And it creates like puzzles later on. And they want you to kind of see that in your periphery to create this whole cool energy where you're, everything in the world is moving to the beat. So creative, but in that, all I could feel was that my character feels like a fucking slug. Like I just felt so slow and so um, like it, I just felt not life and not able to move around smoothly and quickly. And that didn't feel good. I was hoping I'd maybe be able to grind and move around like in Sunset Overdrive or like in Jet Set Radio Future. I'd be like, like you know, rollerblading and like super. But you're just running these slow run gates. So that sucks. Um, and then also we get to like the the jumping too. Um, the jumping is this like very old school platforming where you have like a jump and a double jump and the jump is just a little too short to ever quite hit things. So oh. you have these like platforms that come up and when you jump, you don't, cause I think it's like, I'm thinking about this now, like a lot of games, I think when you jump, you can like really easily push forward as you're jumping and you kind of jump forward. But in this game, you really don't do that. You just jump straight up. And so you really have to kind of like aim it in this weird way. So the jump's a little short to these platforms, but then when you double jump, it's too much. So then you're kind of just like hanging in the air. You know what I mean? So like, it's like this jump probably was supposed to be a regular jump to go like hop, hop, hop. But instead you can't quite hop. So you're like hop, hop, wait a couple seconds, drop, hop, hop, wait a couple seconds. Cause you, it feels, it feels sloppy. Like you're jumping too high. Oh, so it's little stuff like this to me. And maybe it's just cause I'm shit at playing it. I don't know. But it, it was odd to me seeing like the really, really incredible response this game's getting. Not to say that the game is bad in any way, but just that I feel like I, maybe I'm missing something because people are saying how incredible it is. And I think the concept is great. And I think the actual combat when you're fighting is cool. Um, I think the hitting on the beat is great. Um, once you get the grappling uh, mechanic is pretty cool because you grapple to enemies. Because I, I found early on there's like a, you know, you feel 
like you can't get to people enough and then you're missing your beats. But if you can grapple to them, that's pretty cool. So they, they put in things, uh, you know, into your kit that make that work. Um, but also another thing too, and I've seen other people online talk about this and I wonder how pervasive of a problem this is, but uh, latency is really a big deal in this game. And there's no, um, there's nothing in the settings to adjust latency, like adjust for latency. So there's a latency checker in the settings where you can see if your oh. latency is off. Um, but you can't actually uh, like compensate for it in the settings. So you're basically they're basically telling you, yeah, you're fucked. And <laughs> There's then, nothing you can do. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> and, th and then their and then their suggestion is put your TV in game mode or whatever. Yeah. One of those like low latency modes. And then you and then you're like, bro, it's already in low latency mode. And then they're like, put your TV in low latency mode. Like that's your best. That's all we can oh. tell you. Um, and it's kind of like if you're making the like because you look at like I, I didn't know this, but apparently if you look at like games like Rock Band, Guitar Hero, all these other rhythm games in the last like decade. Um, or before head head um, latency compensation uh, stuff built into the settings. Now I never fuck with that because I was a kid and I didn't care. But those things existed, um, and especially in modern versions of these rhythm games. So it's something that if you're making a rhythm game, sounds like something you'd want to put into the settings. Sounds like something that's possible to do. Um, they didn't, and so I don't. I didn't like do the latency checker. I'll be honest, but like. Um, because I just didn't want to open it up again after I was having so much, so many issues, but I did feel like it, I was missing the beat and I don't think I have like no rhythm, but I, I think I was missing them. The, the tutorials are a really good example of that where they count you in. And I felt like I was missing on the tutorials, which was a bad sign. And then, um, when I actually played in the game, I did feel like I was getting it, but also afterwards they were like, Oh, you only hit 50%. And I was like, okay, I, it felt like times when I should hit the beat. I didn't. Um, and, and it felt like it was because of me for sure, but also my button presses weren't quite hitting the target. And so, yeah, I just think like latency is such a big thing to focus on in this game. And I feel like it was kind of an afterthought, um, and more like, okay, make sure you're in the best latency mode possible. And it's like, well, couldn't you have also like put that in? Um, and also again, like this, the platforming very, very stiff and, uh, the jumping a little bit off the running a little bit slow not a lot of good traversal. I just, I just wish it had felt more fluid because once you're basically, I found that like, there's a lot of things where you like show up in a room through cutscenes and running you, that you like get thrown into a cutscene while you're running, something happens. And then ultimately like the meat of the gameplay is like you drop into a big circle or a rooftop and a bunch of enemies pop out and then you fight them. And that shit's good. I mean, if the latency works, that shit's good. That's like what the game should be. Right. But it feels like every moment between that happening is awkward and like they didn't know how to figure out the movement and it breaks the momentum like the momentum's amazing in the fight and then it's gone as soon as you have to start moving around all slow and sluggish so i think the game obviously has like the vibes are immaculate the concept's cool but for me execution was like not there and so i'm like just talking about it again now probably gonna uninstall big shame uh because i i, I just maybe think I, maybe i'm missing something here um, but it just was, it was not for me. And I'm kind of, kind of bummed because I was really excited and the people's response online got me really, really hyped. But. I, I think if you paired the movement from sunset overdrive, yep. uh, with the combat of hi-fi, you would have a immaculate baby. Same. Cause yep. sunset overdrive felt wonderful to control the character. Yep. And that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I thought I'd be grinding. I thought I'd be like running these weird sprints. And it's like, if I get off that train, but it's, it's really like when people are saying sunset overdrive, they mean like the combat when you're fighting in the combat, it feels like this, like move to move to move and if you miss a move in that train then you know you lose the momentum but they didn't keep that going for the that's only in the combat the game really it almost feels like they could have just like put you um one of those games where like you go to like a lobby and like a roguelike almost or something where you go to like a lobby you do upgrades and then you like go into a room and fight people 
but like without any traversal. I feel like they missed on putting traversal in this game and they should have just like either done it way better or not put it in the game because it just like it like really feels awkward between them. I almost wish I just had like anime cutscenes between the fighting and no traversal. <laughs> that would have been great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was Hi-Fi Rush for me. Um, that's pretty much it. I went on a big soapbox, but like, I mean, I already talked about Tuesday and The Witcher, and I'm having a really great time. Um, I will talk more about it. I'm I'm hoping this week I'm finally going to get through a ton of it, and I'll probably have like a big wrap up next week that I'll talk about in the pod. But Sweet. I mean, it's overall just fucking awesome. I'm having a great time. Well, that was a really good review from the two of you tag teaming that Hi-Fi Rush review. <laughs> that, that was very informative. I have no rhythm at all, so uh, these sort of rhythm games I don't even touch because I know just I do I won't enjoy it. Like I never played, I played a little bit of piano growing up, but outside of that, I never had any interest in musical instruments because I just it does not work with my mind for whatever reason. And so the same thing with games like this or what is the that that rhythm guitar hero or rock uh, band? Well, yeah, I mean I never played any of those either. Never had any interest in in them. There's that rhythm game, the Hyrule rhythm game that came out last oh, year yes. or the year before, but stuff like that. Or like Crypt of the Nectar Dancer or any of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just not for me at all. I was thinking when you were talking about the latency assist thing, I wonder if that's something they could patch in at some point. I saw people bringing that up that that might be something down the line they could patch in and that would be a big fix. Now, one thing I, I want to bring up, it is currently the highest scoring game of 2023 so far it's yes 91 i've seen multiple people say this is like game of the year contender which is like again i love that for them i'm kind of confused <laughs> so my question is do you think that the shadow drop has a lot to do with that because it only has 14 critic reviews right now because it was shadow drop so like they have to play the game to get a review out but do you think that it's just more exciting because it just was announced and released on the same day the Shadow Drop has everything to do with it. This game would have not like not even comparatively the same amount of energy otherwise, because I think this is the kind of thing where if you had hyped this ahead of time, people would have been like Sunset Overdrive and and Jet Set Radio. And when they played it, they would have had a lot more. Um, they would have had like what I had, which is like more expectations. Um, whereas I think it just dropping people just jumped in. Just it's colorful. And then they were like, it's cool. I also hate to say it, but I have to wonder, could it be an Xbox thing? There's nothing else on Xbox right now. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's sense. getting great reviews on PC as well, but I mean, it's one of those things where the Xbox fanboys are also like, uh, or, you know, just general fans here are, are the ones who are kind of um, propelling it, I think, because they're so hard up for a game Yeah, that they're like, oh, this game, this is what we need more of this. Cause there's like, what they're really thinking is what we need more of is, is fucking games. Um, but like in their head, I think they're like, oh, this is what we need more of a fun game. That's like fresh. And it's like, I think what you're really trying to say is that we just need games on the Xbox. And this is one of the ones. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to tickle my listicle and tickle my listicle. The panel puts together a list to fit around a certain topic. Then we discuss our picks right here on the show. We're going to take turns sharing our picks for each round until we get to our number one pick in each category. And because we're the three MMO boys of the Goodnight Groups. We haven't done this one, I don't think. I think I would know if, if we did. This week's listicle are top three favorite MMOs. So this is a, this is a big one right here. I think we all can probably agree on what number one is going to be. But let's count down <laughs> from three. Josh, let's go to you first. What is your number three on your list? 
I'm going to I'm going to just honorable mention real quick just the one that got me into MMOs cuz it's not on my list. RuneScape. Uh 100% it's got to be an honorable mention. It, it introduced me to the uh, genre of MMOs, so love you for that RuneScape. Thanks. Number 3 is going to be Final Fantasy 14. It has to be I I it can't really climb any higher than that yet cuz I haven't done enough, but it's it's another MMO that's grabbed me unlike others have in the past. And even though it's kind of a <laughs> a JRPG disguised as an MMO, I, that's not necessarily a bad thing to me because the MMO aspect is still fun as hell. Grouping up with people is a blast. I, and I'm really excited to see what comes down the line. And I think by the time I beat it, it may move up into that number two slot. All right, very nice. Paul, you're number three. Yep, number three out here is New Worlds. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got, I'll, I have a theme here, but New World for me is special because it kind of was the closest thing I ever had MMO-wise to kind of recapturing some of that vanilla WoW spirit that I had, um, which I didn't think really was possible, um, and I'm still dubious about um, from when I was a kid and had those those ruby-colored glasses on. So, but yeah, it was it's great. I love the exploration. I love that there are systems, but overall, the social aspect and everything is is pretty out there pretty just open and you can kind of meet people and i do like the housing even though i do think it's fun when you can like make up your own housing and things like that um it's nice to have your own space so my honorable mention is new world Mm -hmm. i think there's a ton of potential there it just it still has a long road ahead to fully find its way in the world and and find its way in the genre but i do think there's so much potential like the bones of new world are really really good it just needs more content needs more content now, for my number three, man, I grappled between two options here because these are the two games that really got me into MMOs. And the one was RuneScape, but I decided to go with the other one. I'm going with Toontown Online. Oh, my God. I love this. I love this. Love this. I was obsessed with Toontown when I was a kid. In my opinion, it's the best, quote, like, baby's first MMO that's ever been released. And I think that... It's also just a good game for experienced players as well because it has this fun, engaging experience. The combat, the turn-based combat is really interesting and it is basic, but it when it gets cooperative, it gets really fun. You can have four players playing together against single enemies or a group of enemies. I just always thought that was a really cool way to do MMO combat, especially, you know, you're talking early 2000s when you're dealing with a lot of latency and stuff like that. So if you don't want to do tab target, you had to do turn-based. We couldn't, at that point, action combat wasn't really an option for an MMO. But there's something really special about Toontown, and we talked about art styles early on in the show today and how that cartoony art style can really live on and, and, and it doesn't get outdated. And yeah, like Toontown today, you can really see the polygons and some of those character models in the world, and you can see that it's just like a painted facade, but that's kind of also what it was supposed to look like as, as well. But, you know, there's something really special about Toontown. I wish it didn't die because I really do think it's a great entry-level MMO for so many kids. But it is what it is. Uh, I'm glad that I was able to experience it. Josh, number two. I kind of grappled with number two. uh, But I think at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be Guild Wars 2. Nothing has really quite grabbed me aside from, you know, the obvious. I just, I love it, man. I haven't played in a little while, but... The story is actually pretty engaging. The The world is fantastic. I think that's probably the most notable thing for me and why I love Guild Wars 2 so much. Y'all mentioned that vanilla classic feeling that New World gave you guys. Guild Wars 2 kind of gave me that feeling. Uh, just discovering and exploring all of the areas, all the locations was insane to me. 
Like I map completion is one of those things that like normally I'm like hell with that. I'm not going to do this shit. I <laughs> you can bet your ass every single map I jump into before I leave, every single bitch in that is done. All the vistas, all the quests, all the all the hearts, every single one of them is going to be complete. And it's just it's it's like a wonderful MMO with fun combat that it just has a, like a built-in collectathon. It's like it was made for me. And the only reason I'm not playing it more is because I'm playing Final Fantasy 14 right now. But man, it's it's really solid, and uh, I it's it's a really great MMO. I wish I could play more of it. I just I the systems kind of bogged me down a little in the end, but I uh, really really enjoy it. Yeah, if Guild Wars Two was like a true tab target game or a true action combat game instead of a hybrid, if it really went one way or the other, I think it could potentially be like a serious contender for my main MMO. It's just I I can't personally I get why people like the combat. I can't get into it. I can't get it. Everything else about the game is so good. Mm-hmm. Paul, number two. I'm gonna get some hate for this. Oh, I'm gonna get flamed oh. by by you two. Uh oh. But my number two is World of Warcraft Classic. Oh. Ooh. I'm giving WoW Classic a number two spot. Now you might say this is World of Warcraft. You might say that, but honestly, I think there is a distinction here. I think there's something different about going back, recreating the world, putting it in the state that it was at its best. Um, not the best time necessarily in the game, although that's pretty arguably the best but just like that you know putting these pat the games out at their completed state at their at their highest patch level um and i think there's also something to be said for you know looking back at these games at, at you know 15 years later or more but yeah i think this this gave me um a little bit of that feeling it's not the same as playing vanilla world of warcraft it's not the same as playing the expansions when they came out um but i do think it um, again, was the closest thing, uh, even more than New World, to experiencing that again, experiencing that immersion. There are some things that were negative about it. You know, we live in a world now where things are so theory crafted and everyone min maxes things. So you don't get to have that same experience. Um, but it was really, really cool to revisit. And I think it is a good product. Um, and I, Blizzard will 100% never do it. But I think um, taking this down a different path post Wrath would be incredible. And it won't fucking happen. But um, <laughs> I, I do have to say, though, I still think that there, it is a bit of a different product and it comes out in a different way. And uh, yeah, it's my it's my number two pick. It's the second most fun I think I've had playing an MMORPG. I love it. So my number two, you guys probably saw this coming, but it's Rift. Mm-hmm. Rift is an underrated MMO. It was very poorly managed, changed hands a few times, and that was really the downfall. The way that I describe rift to people is that it feels like the best of wrath of the lich king era wow with the quality of life improvements of cataclysm and just a super unique fun class system that sets it apart from every single mmo out there i just i wish more people took a chance on rift and at this point yeah i mean it is it's pretty much a dead game now the there is a very tight-knit community that still plays the game there are two primary discord servers so like you can find other people playing the game and there's a North American server. There's a couple North American servers that are pretty well populated and they all, everyone kind of just congregates on those two servers. But if you're leveling in the game, yeah, you're not going to find groups for stuff. I mean, everyone's at max level, so that kind of sucks. So you can't really experience the game the way that it should be experienced, but it's disappointing, but Rift really, really good game in my opinion, just poorly managed and, and that sucks. Josh, you're number one. Okay, you all knew what it was going to be. It's obviously World of Warcraft. <laughs> Duh, no shit. Uh, instead of just blathering on about why I love WoW, why it's so great, yada, yada, I'd rather just like 
talk about the Chinese server shutting down and how much it actually yeah. like impacted me, which was odd because it had no impact on me. Like, you know, and wow. But I felt for those guys. I saw the videos of everyone like crowding around like uh, Varian's grave uh, and Stormwind. And it like, it choked me up, dude. Like I was like, damn, these people like, I, I have played since Wrath. Like I, I started in 2008. The way I describe it is, uh, I met my wife, Kayla, and, uh, well, not met, but we started dating in 09, uh, and Wrath predated her by about a couple months. <laughs> so that's that's how I kind of keep track of it. And and I've invested so much time, so much energy into something, not just because I feel the need to because it's wow, but because I just fucking love it. I It, it means a lot. The world feels like a second home. I, I know things so well that it, it's like the back of my hand. Like I know wow, like I know my hometown. When it all shuts down, when it all comes to a close, a, a part of me, it's going to, this is going to sound ridiculous and overblown, but a part of me is going to disappear that day. Yeah. You're talking to two people who are totally on board. Like a, a, a part of me is gone that day and it's going to hurt. When my paladin is no longer, like I, I can't log into him anymore, it's going to fuck me up. Like there's going to be a period of mourning for me because I, I love WoW. Even though I'm right now not playing a whole lot of it, I'm, not, I'm never going to say, oh, I'm done. I've quit. It's over. I, it's always there. It's always home. If I ever want to go back and feel comfort, know I can just pop on play something I know and am familiar with, I'm going to play World of Warcraft. It's why it's my favorite game of all time. It's my favorite MMO of all time. It's impacted me in ways I never really thought it could. I, it's, I've met incredible people. I've met horrible people. It's, uh, it's just, it's been such an experience. And I, I genuinely feel so horrible for all those people in China who got fucked over by corporate bullshit. It's so unfortunate because they just love their game. They just want to play it and enjoy it. And they should have that right to. And it's been taken away from them. And now all their characters are gone just in the wind. They can start anew, like on NA servers, sure. But I mean, what, it's just not the same thing. You, you don't have all that time invested, all those characters, all that. Like Occasionally, I'll just go to my achievements on my pally and just go look at my level and see when I hit level 10 just to remind me of how much I've played. And when it says 2009, I'm like, damn, I've been at this a while. But yeah, I, I mean, I can't say enough about WoW. I love it to death. It's uh, like I said, it's it's a second home for me. Yeah, like you said, it's not a game that you ever quit. Like for mm -hmm. for for us who who really love the game, you never quit the game. I it's funny because I actually did cancel my sub yesterday so that I could pay for the sub for Final Fantasy. I didn't want to have both going at the same time. But I'm I would never say that I quit WoW. There are just periods yeah. of time where I don't play. But it's it is like it's this home I can always come back to. And I I want to say too. Goodnight Groups only exists because of World of Warcraft. Yep. Like yep. Paul and I met because of World of Warcraft through WoW Radio. And Josh, I met Josh because I was looking for <laughs> yeah. World of Warcraft streamers. So this whole thing only exists because of WoW. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Matt and I have been friends for 16 years, now over 16 years. Yeah. Because of World of Warcraft. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Paul, you're number one. Um, well, just quick honorable mentions here. Um, who fucking cares, Scott? I just want to talk about WoW now. <laughs> honorable mentions uh, to uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, I, it's a game I wish I had played more at launch. I just think the single-player storylines are really incredible, which is not necessarily what you want to base an MMO on, but it's still one of the most immersive Star Wars games I've played, Sims I've played. Yeah. Um, I love the lightsabers and the way you can uh, customize your Jedi, and it's just so fucking cool. And I didn't feel like uh, any of the KOTOR games really felt like that or, or Jedi Fallen Order. Just in a modern way, it felt more modern than a lot of those KOTOR games felt. And if we had like a KOTOR 3, maybe I'd have a different feeling. But uh, great game, cool concept. Um, and also special shout out to 
Um, I don't know. I forget. Let's talk about WoW. <laughs> um, all I want to <laughs> tear it up over here. Um, yeah, honestly, um, I mean, I just like dropped my nerd cred. I've been playing WoW since launch day, November 23rd, 2004. And I also played open beta and uh, fucking listening to WoW radio before the game even came out. Man, I fucking love this shit. I spent an entire year hyped for WoW as a kid, just like every day me and my best friend would just talk, walk around talking about what we do in WoW um, when we were kids. And that feeling was there. That was for throughout the entire first like, you know, five, six years of me playing this game. Uh, well until you know the point I was probably in my late teens early 20s um, at what point you know I kind of came through and like like a lot of people would kind of come in for a new expansion um, or p- stop for a couple months come back for a couple months um, and you know I, I would say I'm at an all-time low here in terms of my wow well maybe but definitely probably right now at an all-time low for how much I'm playing wow you know I, I will say I resub probably once every two or three months but I play like for two days and then I'm like okay yeah I got I got my fix. I got to be back in my in in my hometown. It's like you go home to visit your hometown, and then you're like, you get there, and you're like, oh, my parents drive me fucking crazy, and like this place. I remember why I left. This place is annoying, but like you want to go. You have like nostalgia for it, and that is absolutely World of Warcraft for me. It's so intrinsically tied to like who I am as a person. I think the way I view like the world and the way I view. You know, I've talked about this a million times in the podcast, but I'll say it again. I regularly see weather or like sites or like mountains or something in the world. And I go, that reminds me of X wow zone. (laughs) Um, And I say this to Rachel all the time and she's like, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, it does. Um, And she knows the zones, but like doesn't think of the world. I think in that same way, in that frame of like, this looks like Howling Fjord. This looks like, you know, Mulgore or something, because that's like, for me, I, I feel like I saw more of the wow world than I ever saw of the real world at the time. And so that's my frame of reference for what, like the world, like what, what like sites look like, because that was my first experience to ever explore properly a place, uh, you know? And so, yeah, um, I think, you know, summing it up, like this is like some place where I just think, it would be it would be so it would be so horrible like talking about the Chinese server thing to not be able to go back there. And I, I think like, yeah, you can host a private server. You can host a server for yourself and run around, but it's not the same. I don't want to give Blizzard too much credence, modern Blizzard too much credence here because it's a corporate shell. But like there's something about being on an official server. There's something about being there with everyone else being able to log in. Um, and I think that's really special. And I think being on like the same name server, even though they're the technology isn't even the same anymore um, with my same characters, even though I don't even really play those characters anymore. There's something special about that. And I, and I think it's a huge loss to not have that. And I think it's part of the reason why wow classic didn't quite hit in the exact same way, because it's not the same characters and it's not the real servers. You weren't there. You, you weren't, that's not the game I played since 2004. It's a facsimile. And so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's something special. And I, I and I think that's why, there's a couple versions of wow. I think of, I think of like, you know, playing vanilla and I think of playing like coming back in mists, which was like a, a high point for me too. And not because I like played all of the, the end game. Um, and I was, I was even a hater of saying like, Oh, you know, pandas and all this stupid stuff. But like, honestly, it wasn't even the mist content. It was like the way the class balance was at that point. And it felt like it was just such a popular game too. So like, everyone was playing it was more accessible than it had ever been to play wow i would just make alt after alt after alt dungeon grinding through like the original world and like the cata version and 
you could just you could do anything there were like paladins who were like tanking with and all they do is just spam consecration and they t- they kill everyone in the dungeon there was just so much weird there was just so much weird stuff and it felt like that peak of what like retail wow felt like it was going to be like i thought this is what wow is going to be now where you can just do whatever and it's insane and crazy and you just run around and and then it became this like system thing and I still love it and, and I still go back, but um, it, it's that that's a, that's a high point for me too. And I think it's also worth mentioning that mid period, I think was really special ending in Legion, I think where there was still that, that kind of magic. And I hope we get back to that at some point, but also again, there is classic for nostalgia um, hounds like me who just want to play that too. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I imagine we're going to get missed classic at some point and I am yep. so excited. I will play these shit out of mist because it it's, arguably my favorite expansion it's probably mm-hmm. when i played the most yeah and i was i was like you i was yeah. a hater i hated the pandas i thought it was ridiculous and then it just god damn dude it yep. the throne of thunder patch to this day yeah. blows my fucking mind and it was like peak altaholic time for people like me like it was just the most you had like it was when they really really got down with um heirlooms and, and you could tabards. just kind of like and the tabards and you could just like you could just or like the get the, the, checking the, the rep grind yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and you could just blast through dungeons and level in like two days and then make another alt and it just it was stupid but it, it felt really fun and satisfying i distinctly remember a funny moment we were raiding in siege of orgrimmar and there was a uh, mirror you could copy uh, things out in the world uh, so i would copy like an orca uh in the water at siege of orgrimmar uh and then i'd cast mirror image because i played a mage and it'd just be four orcas and then my buddy who also played a mage would copy me and then he'd spawn four orcas and we'd oh just God, be like that. this army of orca whales that's hilarious. It was so good, dude. I love that. Well, that was very well said by both of you. And I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction with my number one. My number one is an MMO that came out in 2019. It's World of Warcraft Classic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one to, to cheat out with yeah. Classic as its own thing. I'm taking a different approach on this because for me, I'm, I'm speaking not like looking back at the experiences that I had with the game. I'm looking at the games as they exist now. And for me, classic has just surpassed retail. Wow. Most of my love for wow exists between two eras. The eras are vanilla through wrath, which I think most people consider like that is the classic era of wow. But then the other era is warlords and legion, which is Mm -hmm. probably when I played the game most. Actually, I did a ton of raiding in warlords. I was near, I was at the top, for my class, my paladin class on the server and Legion. I played a ton. I I still raided, but as a guild, we weren't as successful as we were in warlords. And so because of that, we weren't quite as hardcore, but still did a ton in Legion and just played. Wow. So much in warlords and Legion loved it. I know warlords gets a ton of shit, but largely for the content drought, not because the content itself was bad. And so I, I love that those first three, expansions are, are vanilla in the first two expansions and, and then also warlords and legion but because of those first three that's why i'm saying wow classic here and I, and paul you mentioned this but i do hope that wow classic takes a different sort of classic plus route after wrath i don't think it will but i hope it does but if it doesn't like josh said i'm also going to be happy just to experience kata and mist of pandaria again i enjoyed those expansions but they took place during a time in my life when i was very casual with the game before I came back and was hardcore more during Warlords and Legion. So I would totally welcome enjoying Kata and Miss because I did a lot of the, I did the leveling experience in those. I did a bunch of dungeons, but I never raided in, in those. I never did some of the, the deeper stuff in those systems. So I, yeah, I would welcome that. 
as much as I do want the classic plus route. Very good, guys. Of course, World of Warcraft was always going to be our number one, but I think it was still good to talk about it a little bit. This will this will satisfy Fave because last time we had a thing where we ended we were like somehow there was a list where like World of Warcraft was going to be all our number ones and he was so max so we're like obviously it's World of Warcraft move on yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah like you didn't wax philosophical about it yeah I will take any opportunity I can to linger and think about World of Warcraft uh, anytime you fucking name it <laughs> I take an hour to meditate every morning and just like think about World of Warcraft <laughs> yeah. I literally haven't played WoW in a month, and this whole discussion, I'm unironically going to go play it after this. Same. same. <laughs> Fuck you, Toussaint. All right, well, let's move on to the roast. It's been a while. We're going to end this week's show with a short roast. I'm going to give the panel a topic, and they're going to give it a short roast. They may love the topic that I picked, but now is the time to end it with a knockout punch. Welcome to the roast of MMORPGs. Josh, let's hear your roast. We're going to roast a specific MMORPG, and we're going to have a little live uh, on-air moment here. Oh, uh uh-oh. Oh, no. So, Lost Ark, please do me a solid. Go fuck yourself. You are... This isn't even a roast. This is just me telling Lost Ark to go fuck itself. (laughs) Lost Ark is so goddamn maddening. The combat, you know what? You're great, Lost Ark. You have fantastic, fun combat. It's a fun action RPG game. Guess what? You still suck fucking dick. And right now, baby, manage, uninstall... Bye-bye. It's no longer on Steam. Goodbye. See you later, you stupid piece of shit game. Fuck you, Lost Ark. We just had a live uninstall. We did. I think that was our first ever. I, (laughs) I, mm -mm, No, never again. It will never see the light of day. Eat shit. It was talking about these MMOs that you love that that made you just be like, no, why am I doing this? Why am I playing this game? Yeah, for real. So if you're looking for a laid-back, quiet place, requires zero social interaction with any human beings at all, then look no further than modern MMOs. It's the perfect spot for your anti-social <laughs> needs. Oh, that's a good one. Paul, let's hear your roast. Uh, this is not a roast of MMOs, but rather a roast of um, life and adulthood itself. Uh, fuck you, adulthood. Uh, I can't play MMOs anymore. I don't have any fucking time. Yeah. Honestly. It's, it's I, like, depressing. We're sitting here talking about WoW, and I'm like, oh, I just want to like no life WoW classic, and I can't. Yep. I can't. It's a shame. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly MMORPG podcast from us, <laughs> the Goodnight Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash where we currently have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier is going to get you access to the show two days early. And a special shout out. To our honorary groups supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, James B, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. Green Jesus himself. (laughs) (laughs) We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It all helps. It all helps. Go review the podcast, especially on Apple. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of the content where you're going to find this podcast, Southern Fried Groups, game reviews. There's a new Elden Ring boss tier list from Josh and Fave on the YouTube channel. Go check that out. It's good stuff. On the website, you're also going to find a link to the community Discord where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with us on a daily basis. Anytime you want to talk about World of Warcraft, we're there for you. That's it. And my breakfast. Yep. (laughs) Paul posts a screenshot of his WoW character and his breakfast every morning. A screenshot of my breakfast every morning. Yeah. Before we get out of here, guys, any final thoughts? 
Um, I want to just put a um, retroactive warning to everyone to listen to this podcast. If you don't like uh, MMOs and World of Warcraft, you probably shouldn't listen to this one. (laughs) That'll do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone.